The Little Robber Girl by Deirdre Dwyer and Broken Crow is brought to you on RTE Junior Radio in association with Babaro International Arts Festival for Children. Created with support from Garter Lane Arts Centre and The Everyman. Episode 5. Danger in the Deep. Matty Roberts, without a thought for her own safety, don't doubt it, just do it, dived headlong into the black and freezing water. Once she dived in, Matty opened her eyes in search of Arthur and saw something terrifying. She was just about able to make out a giant octopus, using four of its tentacles to examine Arthur. And then, with a jolt, and without even locking eyes with the creature, and she began to hear the creature's thoughts as if it beamed straight into her brain. What an attractive little nose it has. Two bright eyes. It doesn't seem to be able to make those sharp noises underwater. It is thrashing around a bit. Hmm. Covered in hair. I will call it a hairy fish. No, no, no. Um, a, a, a fluff ball. No. A sea squirt. That's another one to add to my list of discoveries. Most exciting. Four legs, two flaps at the side of its head. I wonder if some of you suspected that this octopus might be the mysterious Orla. Well, if you did, you were entirely right. You see, Orla is an octopus. An eight-legged, big-brained, extra-large octopus with a thirst for knowledge as large as herself. She was as curious as they come, and this time it was Arthur that she was keen to examine. I believe, like many of these simple land creatures, it doesn't have the ability to breathe underwater. Perhaps if I shake it... Oh, oh, no, it doesn't seem to like that at all. What's that? If I'm not mistaken, a small human has just dived into the water. That's nearly as peculiar as this little thing I have in my tentacles. Oh, my. This hairy fish doesn't look happy at all. It's gone very still. I'd better pop it up to the surface quickly and onto the boat again. I don't want any accidents, especially after what happened before. But I do so enjoy these scientific (laughs) discoveries. And so Matty watched while Orla, using two tentacles this time, gently placed a gasping Arthur back on the boat. Matty was in shock. She'd never heard an animal's thoughts without making eye contact before, but somehow Orla's thoughts had landed straight into her mind. Oh, this is most peculiar. A small human in the water, in the cold time. Normally they try to get away when they see me. Not get closer. It doesn't seem to have any human tools for hunting me, and if I may say, it looks a bit like it isn't very good at water. I think perhaps it came to retrieve fluff ball. Intriguing. I wonder why it would have done that. Matty wanted to signal to Orla that she was right, so she began nodding her head wildly, which is not an incredibly easy thing to do underwater all the while holding her breath. Strange creature, waggle in its head part. Perhaps it is breathing in the water? I know that it's not good for humans. Those experiments didn't go well the last time. They just end up all kind of floppy. This was just when a second extraordinary thing happened. 
Matty's own thoughts began to transfer over to the huge, slippery creature. She'd never had much luck with animals understanding her thoughts before, but somehow Orla's huge and clever brain was able to pick them up. That was my dog, Arthur. He's my best friend. I came to save him. My Matty. This is remarkable. Her thoughts are here in my brain. Remarkable. A dog. Is that what you call the furball? Dog. <laughs> Not as snappy as my name, but it is what it is. Thank you for putting him back. My goodness, quite. You're welcome. We don't want any nasty accidents, no, sir. But what did you think you could do to save him? A little human like you? I suppose I didn't think much. I just did it. Don't doubt it. Just do it. That is not a very scientific approach, if you don't mind me saying. I prefer to investigate and explore. In fact, I was just trying to open up this noisy metal machine shell below the waves to see what was inside when I heard that extraordinary sound. You see, humans, I know, boats I am familiar with, but that loud, energetic sensation made me most curious. You mean Arthur? His barking? I never experienced anything quite like it. So I stopped exploring that underwater machine, swam to the surface, and slipped one of my tentacles up onto the boat. Matty had now been underwater for some time, and the mention of an underwater machine made her chest tighten. She needed to find out more about what she suspected was the submarine, but she also felt she needed a breath of cool night air. An underwater boat? The submarine? Are they okay? I got to... I, I got to... If I could just... In the freezing black darkness, Matty's air began to run out in earnest, and at once she began to panic. Air! Air! Up! Up! She didn't know which way was up until she saw Finn's searchlight cut through the water. It gave her a tiny sensation of hope, of something to try to swim towards. Air! Air! Up! Oh my, this human appears to be quite distressed. Of course, another land creature who runs out of air. I shall return you to the surface too. And so that is how in the nick of time, Matty found herself being whooshed through the water, gripped tight by Orla's tentacle, out into the sweet salty air and placed gently onto the deck of Finn's boat. Matty! Wow, are you all right? Are you in one piece? What's going on? Was that a giant octopus? First he landed in here, dropped in as delicate as anything, by the same tentacles, dropped in. Matty, are you okay? What happened? It's okay, Arthur. I'm okay. Are you okay? Finn, I'm fine, but the submarine, I'm not sure. What was that thing? Is it still out there, Matty? We need to get away. Uh, I think it's okay for the moment. I don't think we're in any danger, but the submarine, she only left them alone because she was curious about Arthur. She 
he's never heard or seen a dog before. Finn, do you have a towel? I'm freezing. Of course. Sorry, Matty. Here's a towel. And, and what's left of the tea? Oh, oh, Matty. Thank goodness you're okay. It's okay, Finn. I'm fine. That was the longest two minutes of my life. I, I was afraid you were gone forever, Matty. <laughs> And just after Arthur's warning bark, they saw the periscope of a submarine emerging over the surface of the water, which was followed slowly by the rest of the submarine. The sub! They watched open-mouthed, and when the vast majority of the vessel was safely bobbing above the water, a hatch snapped open on top, and out popped the head that Matty had been long hoping to see. Matty? Matty! Are you okay? Are you okay? Ma'am! Arty. Ma'am, we're fine. What about you? Are you okay? We had a bit of a run-in with an enormous octopus. Oh, ma'am. You're soaking wet. We're fine. Uh, uh, ma'am, this is my friend Finn. It's his boat. Hiya. Well, Finn? Then, swift and silent, as a cat, Matty's mother swung herself out of the sub, she skipped along the slippery surface of the submarine, vaulted onto the fishing boat and threw her arms around her little girl. Oh, it is good to see you, pet, but Matilda Roberts, what in the high hazes are you doing here on a boat beside Carrick Rowan in the middle of the night? Why aren't you safe at home with the lads? Matilda? I'm looking for you. Did you get the treasure? The rubies and diamonds and the pearls? That doesn't answer my question one little bit, Matilda. Matilda? I thought you might need my help, ma'am. Did you not get my note? I told you to stay put, to stay with the lads. How did you even find us? Did you guess? Well, sort of. We got the gold bars, but with the trouble with the octopus, we thought we were better heading for home. I didn't want anything happening to us, Matty. Ah, ma'am. At that, Maureen's head emerged from the submarine hatch, quite startling Matty with the similarity to her own mother. What's going on? Mags, who are these? I'm Matty. You're Mags's little girl. Out here in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the night? Well, that makes sense, I suppose. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, how are you? Ma'am, she's the bulbia. You're like peas in a pot. We're twins, Matty. That's my twin sister, Maureen. Twins? What? Mags, I'm sorry to say this, but I've only enough fuel in this thing to get us back by the skin of our teeth. We gotta go. You go ahead, Maureen. I want to stay with my girl. What about the goal? I trust you, Maureen. I'll see you back in Dunhaven. See you back at the docks in Dunhaven. Looking forward to getting to know you, Matty. Bye, Auntie Maureen. So, can I catch a lift with you, Captain Finn? I'd love to hear about what you've been up to for the past 24 hours. Of course. Right, let's get out of here, Finn. That octopus might still be around. Ma'am, before we go, let's see if Orla can help. Orla? Who are you talking about? She's the giant octopus. That thing nearly drowned us in the sub. She's not a thing. She's a very intelligent octopus, ma'am. Finn, flash those searchlights on and off. Arthur, will you do some of your best barking, please? 
I'm sure she'll surface to see what we're up to. And sure enough, after three flashes and a couple of barks, the head of the octopus surfaced near the boat, her intelligent eyes fixed on Matty. This is really the most remarkable creature, and I do believe she is trying to communicate something to me again. Look how strangely she's moving. Why does she only have four tentacles? What is she doing? I don't think this is working. I can hear her thoughts, but she can't hear mine. Why isn't it working? That's it. I have to get back in the water for my thoughts to go to her. Matty, you can't be serious. What are you talking about? I've got to do it. And so Matty Roberts threw off the towel and the blanket and jumped straight back into the waves. Matty! Matty! Back in the water again? I don't know what kind of a human she is. Orla, can you understand me? <gasps> yes, there you are. I can sense your meaning again. How are you, little human? Cold. But, Orla, c- can you help? There are jewels hidden in the back of a cave near here. Do you know them? Jewels? Oh, I- I'm not sure I know what you're looking for. Shiny stones. Red and green and sparkling. And pearls. Huge pearls. Pearls. Like the one from the oysters. Large ones. Oh, I see. You're thinking of those shiny things hidden in the back of my cave? They're my mams. Sort of. And we need them back. They're really important. They are of no scientific value to me, though I always rather enjoy playing with the huge pearls. But... I don't see why not. Thank you, Orla, thank you. But the pearls, you should keep them if you like them. And with a swish and a suck, Orla sank down and out of sight. Matty thrust her head above the surface and was pulled aboard. Matty, what were you doing? That giant octopus could have killed you. I didn't want to leave the treasure, ma'am. We come all this way. Matilda Roberts, don't you know you are all the treasure I need in the world? Mags picked up a towel and started roughly drying Matty's hair, and then suddenly something dropped onto the deck, and then another. What's that? It looks like a ruby. What? And a huge emerald. It was as if it was raining jewels. Matty, what did you do? How? How was Orla, ma'am? Thanks, Orla. Well, that seems to have cheered them up. Now, I hope they're ready for this. And big shiny objects began to hit the deck. Not just the jewels Maureen and Mags had lost 15 years earlier, but lots of strange and valuable looking bits of silver and gold were also landing on the deck. Orla! (laughs) Oh, we should have an octopus on every job. And me. Can I always come too? And you. Every job from here on in. I won't leave you behind again, my girl. When they gathered it all up, it was the largest haul Mags had ever seen. Matty, Mags and Arthur stood at the back when Finn turned the boat to the shore and waved to Orla, who had slipped back up to the surface to watch them leave. Back at the docks, 
Maureen had met with Sam and Mike, and she explained things as best she could to Finn's folks, as they all anxiously awaited the boat with its precious cargo to return. The sky was brightening, and Carrig Rowan was far in the distance when Matty slipped to the front to have a quiet word with Finn. Finn, Arthur was right about you from the start. You really are a good boy. Thanks, Matty. Well, I'm not sure that's what my folks will say when I get back. Ah, a few priceless bits of gold and silver should make them understand. I'm not so sure. They aren't like your man, Matty. We've been gone for nearly a whole day. They'll be so worried. They'll just be glad to see you, Finn. I hope so, but there'll definitely be some consequences. Even so, I'm not sorry we met, Matty. I'm not sorry either. Listen, Finn, there's something I want to tell you. It was me that stole the salmon from the stall. I kind of figured, Matty. Well, I wasn't sure, sure. And I thought you'd tell me the truth, but nope. That's the tricky part. You see, I'm a thief. That's what I do. So I need to be a pretty good liar too. Matty? Oh yeah, and I wouldn't cycle that bike back towards the canal. You might find someone there pretty cross that you're cycling their bike. Matty? (laughs) But you're sharing the treasure with more than cover a new bike and a heap of salmon. So I don't feel too bad. Not one bit. I actually don't feel too bad about how all that's worked out either. There's only one problem, Matty. You see, I've kind of got a taste for this adventurous life now. Well, you have a cool head in a crisis, and you're a pretty good getaway driver, Finn. We couldn't have done this without you. I've a feeling there'd be more adventures in store for us in the future. The end. You have been listening to the voices of Jackie Kelleher, Killian Jacob, Nicholas Kavanagh, Aideen Wilde and George Hanover. The illustrator for episode 5 was Abiha Tariq. For more information about the cast and crew, go to deirdredewire.com or brokencrow.ie. This project was only possible thanks to the support of the Arts Council, Waterford City and County Council Arts Office, Imagine Arts Festival and you, the listener. <laughs>